another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Today we're breaking down uh, closer Emmanuel Classe and his contribution in 2023, looking ahead to 2024 and what to expect out of Emmanuel Classe. I bring in uh, Paul Hoynes and uh, we, we we break down each of these players. Uh, this is this is a fun one because uh, for as, as outstanding a season as Emmanuel Classe had, and, and make no mistake, 44 saves. Uh, is a is a good you know, contribution is a, is a, is as good a season uh, as as we saw out of Emmanuel Classe uh, in terms of those numbers uh, the year before, uh, but it's the 12 blown saves leading the the uh, the majors in that category uh, that really sort of uh, set off alarms and set off uh, you know the warning signs uh, for this club uh, moving forward into the future with uh, Classe. Uh, Hoinsey, what was your estimation of Emmanuel Classe in, in 2023, and, and and what did you see uh, go right and wrong for him? Joe, he was every time he took the mound, it seemed like there was it was a safe situation. It was a one run ball game, and you know as well as I do, you're sitting there in the ninth inning waiting for something bad to happen. I mean, it was you you have your story written, you're waiting for just to punch the publish the publish button, the send button, and. Uh, it was like a five alarm fire drill, you know? So, you know, thankfully, like you said, he saves 44 games, leads the big leagues and saves. Unfortunately, he also leads the big leagues in 12 blown saves. So it was, you know, he made me a nervous wreck. I mean, I aged, I think five years last season. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the, that's like the one quality that you, you don't like to see in a closer is that, that uncertainty, like in, in 2022, when he came out in the ninth inning, you could you could pretty much say it was it was over. There were very few instances where, even in one run games, where he wasn't uh, as effective, uh, mainly because he would get at least one or two strikeouts uh, per appearance, or you know he was able to be effective in that way. It just seemed this year that that more hitters were putting the ball in play against him, and it turned out to it, it actually exposed. Uh, a little bit of you know his his lack of defense, his lack of ability to get off the mound and and field those weak choppers. You know uh, his stuff is really good. It's still really good, and he's able to get guys to to weakly hit the ball up the first baseline. But that means that he's got to get off the mound and field the ball. And once that happened, we didn't know where the ball was going. Yeah, it was uh, you know he uh, <laughs> you know they said uh, you, if you're a pitcher you got to be able to field your position. So uh, you know he and Emmanuel had some problems with that. The opposition this past season, Joe hit 242 against them. And two years ago, when he went when he saved 42 games out of 46 chances. Uh, the opposition hit 167 against them. And like we've talked about this before, you know, when a guy throws as hard as Class A does, you know, the hitters really don't square those balls up. It's always those funky little spinning, you know, 80-foot, you know, ground balls down the first baseline or or a bouncer over the mound, you know, and all those like, you know, those those hits that just drive you crazy, but, you know, can can cost you a ball game. Some of the uh, the stat cast numbers bear out some of that, uh, what you just described. Uh, his barrel percentage in 2022, when he was, uh, you know, arguably one of the best closers in the game, one of the most effective closers in the game, his barrel percentage allowed was 2.2%. Uh, 
2023, it was 5%. Uh, in uh, his average exit velocity allowed was among the uh, the best in, in baseball at 86.3% in 2022. That jumped up to 88.4% in, uh, in 2023. Uh, the expected numbers, which are, are stat cast, uh, you know, factored in uh, the expected ERA. His expected ERA in, in, as an all-star in, um, you know, in, in 2022, uh, 1.97. That jumped significantly to 3.06 expected ERA uh, in in uh, in 2023. So, uh, yeah, he was getting hit and hit harder uh, and hit more often, and and his his strikeout percentage dropped from 28.4% in in 2022 all the way down to 21.2% in in 2023. So, uh, yeah, those numbers bear out the fact that the the hitters were uh, able to to maybe sit on some of his pitches. They knew what was coming. They were able to drive some of those fastballs, and and he was less effective in that way. Uh, my question is, do do you think? And this was something that we wrote about, you know, during the season and a lot during the beginning of the season. Uh, do you think that the changes to the uh, the introduction of the pitch clock and the changes to uh, some of the timing rules and and the uh, the base running rules there? Uh, had had a lasting effect on him uh, throughout the year. I think early, Joe, I think early in the season they did. You know, he said they did. Uh, you know, he had he had gotten into a habit, uh, Emmanuel had, of, uh, you know, when he made a bad pitch, he could walk around the mound a little bit and gather himself. But with the pitch clock, you, there was no time to do that, and it took him a while to adjust. There was also, you know, a question of his velocity that his velo had dropped um, early in the season, that it wasn't where, you know, it was in 2022. But, you know, that he, he eventually corrected that. Uh, last, uh, the, the velo on his, uh, on his cutter, which is the pitch he threw the most, cut fastball was 99.1 this past season it was 99.5 in in uh 2022 so you know slider the slider was basically the same 91.1 2023 91.9 uh 2022 and he joined he hardly threw his four-seam fastball this past season it was just cutters and sliders yeah and and that's really where uh you know it, he profiles it's those uh the cutters that that has that good sinking heavy bowling ball sink to it uh and and the slider which has that breaking movement and and he get gets a little bit of swing and miss with that uh his appearances over the last 3 seasons since 2021 he's at 70 71 77 75 appearances uh he totals 238 uh he's, so he's at about 200 and, maybe 15 uh, innings over that, that time uh, for Cleveland. Uh, that's uh, that's a lot of, of pitches. That's a lot of pitches thrown at, at high velocity. Uh, it's one of the reasons why uh, we think, uh, you know, the, the Guardians went out and made that trade for, for Scott Barlow uh, to sort of, uh, you know, fortify the, the back end of that bullpen, maybe take some of the pressure off of uh, Class A. Uh, do you think that the the high number of uh, outings for Class A over the last three seasons uh, maybe is starting to get to him? 
Yeah, I do, Joe. I think, uh, you know, this he's a human being. He's not a robot, you know. So, I mean, uh, 223 appearances over the last three years, regular season appearances. He's still got a 1.97 ERA as as uh, Cleveland as Cleveland's closer. But look at listen to the, this, Joe. Uh, his month by month breakdown last season in September. He, uh, you know, in uh, I should say the in August. Uh, the, the opposition hit 275 against them. In September, the opposition hit 283 against them. Now, he's still, you know, he's still uh, cranking out the saves. He had eight saves in August, eight saves in uh, September. But his ERA jumped from 2.92 in August to 4.63 in in September. You know, so I think, you know, in his last, the last uh, 28 games of the season, one and two, or last 28 days of the season, he goes one and two with a 5.59 ERA in 11 games. Gets has seven saves, but he gives up six earned runs uh, in in nine and two third innings. So I think the wear and tear kind of caught up to this guy. And you 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 hit the nail on the head, Joe, when you said that's one of the reasons they brought Barlow in. Yeah, and uh, if you want him to be more effective, you're going to have to use him less often. And and maybe that also, you know, is a part of a problem with the uh, with the offense as well. If you can use him in situations where it's not a one-run game and there's no margin for error at all, and he's not pitching those intense high-leverage uh, innings, but maybe you give him a, a three-run lead heading into the ninth inning, and, and, you know, he can give up a solo home run. Maybe that uh, affects the way that he can approach hitters and and be a little more effective. Uh, and, and you know, really it's on the offense to sort of spread some of these games out uh, as well. Uh, but that's not something that, that maybe he can control. Uh, he just has to go out there and pitch the innings that he has to pitch. Uh, despite all of that, again, he finished with a 3.22 ERA, uh, career best 44 saves. He becomes the first Cleveland pitcher with multiple 40 ga- uh, 40 save seasons, uh, so that's impressive. Uh, he he climbs, uh, yeah, I believe he climbed up in the uh, um, the career uh, save uh, leaderboard for Cleveland. I think he passed Mike Jackson. He's he's in like fifth place right now. Uh, his 44 saves were the fourth most in a single season by a Cleveland pitcher. Uh, Bob Wickman, Joe Borowski had 45. Uh, Jose Mesa had 46 in 1995. So uh, even with the wear and tear, even with the less than effective season with 12 blown saves, uh, he, he still is is carving out a place for himself in franchise history. Uh, it's just how how long is he going to be able to be this effective if he keeps getting used uh, the way that he's been used? Yeah, Joe. Uh, and uh, last year, Cleveland was 27 and 31 in one run games. I mean, the year before they played a bunch of one run games, you know, so, you know, obviously that puts a lot of heat on on the closer. You know, Joe, I'm, I'm surprised he doesn't look like, you know, you ever see the movie Slapshot? You know, the goalie, the goalie from Slapshot, when they brought him in the locker room, he's like, he he was Just like stunned. He was stunned. You know, I'm I'm surprised that Class A doesn't look like that, but he's so kind of level, you know, he's kind of like, he doesn't change. You never see him, you know, the, the emotions one way or the other. He's always pretty placid, you know, after games, before games. So, uh, you know, he's got that good attitude. That's the kind of attitude you have to have as a closer. 
But, uh, Joe, I mean, you're, you're right. They have to improve this offense and give this guy a little room to work because if he does, you know, he's going to be the, he's, you know, he's one of the top closers in, in baseball, but we just got to figure out, you know, they just have to figure out, you know, how to, how to get him some help. And I think Barlow is, that's a good step. You know, that, that he's going to help not only Class A, but Trevor Stefan as well. Yeah, it would have been nice uh, to maybe see them make a run at uh, Ronaldo Lopez, who we saw as as really super effective down the stretch for Cleveland after they acquired him from uh, from the Angels at the end of the season. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to afford or have you know really have any interest in bringing uh, Lopez back, which which he really would have slotted in nicely uh, in front of. Uh, class A, but you know Barlow is a good uh, a good option uh, there uh, if you can't uh, necessarily get uh, Lopez. So uh, I I think yeah it's it's a matter of finding that right balance for him when he's healthy, when he's rested, when it's when he's most effective, and uh, you you can see it. Uh, he's got a, he's got all the tools there to be. One of the all-time greats in terms of the the position. It's just, uh, you know, are you going to be able to get him through and and have him not running on fumes by the end of the season and and not have his arm fall off because he's he's pitching so many innings. Uh, you know, you mentioned his attitude and his approach. He's 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 very good in the clubhouse. He's very approachable. Uh, you know, the the language barrier is there. However, uh, he he's never ducked or or, or turned away or shied away from. Uh, you know, when he when he doesn't have an effective outing, he he, he faces you and, and talks to the media. Uh, what do you like about Emmanuel Classe? Uh, I, I I remember talking to him at the end of the season and, and talking about uh, his his farm back home and you know chasing <laughs> after the chickens and riding the horses. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, the, the story that always sticks out to me, I asked him once when he, when uh, Cleveland first, first acquired him from Texas, I go, you know, I said, you know, how did you know that you could throw this hard? Did you always have that, you know, the strongest arm, you know, how did you figure out that, that you, you that one day you were going to be, be able to throw a hundred miles an hour? And he said, well, you know, where I grew up out in the country in the Dominican Republic, there's a lot of coconut trees. And he said, my friends would always throw rocks at the coconuts up in the trees to knock them down. But for, for, but they, they called on me to, to throw the hardest so that they could knock the coconut down. The other guys would loosen it up and he'd knock them down. So, you know, that, that kind of, that was, that was a cute story. And it kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, he's a big, strong guy. And he looks like he could throw forever, Joe. But you're right. I mean, he, you know, you, you can't you can't throw 99 miles an hour for like like he does year after year after year without having something go wrong. I mean, I was looking at uh, Mariano Rivera's, uh, you know, career, his, uh, you know, his appearances, and he's never thrown this many appearances in in a th- in a three year stretch. He's never gone. I mean, maybe the postseason, you know, because the Yankees were in the postseason a lot, but he's never gone 75, 77, 70, you know, that that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, that bears some watching and hopefully, uh, you know, they, they can take a little bit better care of him. Right. Contract situation, contract wise, obviously, he uh, he signed uh, a deal uh, prior to the, the 2022 season. That keeps him in Cleveland uh, based on 
uh, what there's team options for, for 2027 and 2028. Uh, but he's, he's in Cleveland, uh, at least through 2026, the earliest he can be a free agent is 2027, uh, with a $10 million team option that year and a $10 million team option, uh, the year after that, uh, I got to believe if he continues on the trajectory in terms of appearances uh, that, that he's on, that by the time 2027 hits, $10 million is going to seem like a lot uh, for for him uh, just based on what he'll be able to do physically. Uh, but if they get to 2027 and he's taking care of himself and they've taken care of him, uh, $10 million might be, uh, you know, might be affordable for uh, for a guy who could could be the all-time franchise leader in uh, in saves by that time. Oh yeah, Joe. This is this is this is a club-friendly deal from the get-go. I mean, uh, you know, he, you know, I I don't blame Emmanuel for taking it. You know, for taking it as soon as he did. Uh, you know that what he had the one big year and they signed him. You know, they signed mm-hmm. him to the to, to the multi-year deal. So you know, I, I you know I that's that you know you got to get security if you're a pitcher. I think every you know, security is a huge thing. And, uh, you know, I think it helps you pitch. It helps you comp, you know, you're not worried about, you know, am I going to get released be based on a, a poor, uh, you know, a poor start or poor uh, appearance. So, you know, but this is a deal. I mean, if he's still, if he's still the closer by the, you know, the time these options kick in, Joe, I mean, he's not, he, he's going to be, a, he's going to set the franchise record and saves so far out there. It's going to be by, like a Bob Feller record. Nobody's right. going to come close to it. Right. 2.9 million uh, in 2024, uh, 4.9 million in 2025, 6.4 million in 2026. That's what the Guardians are on the hook for, for him. Uh, $2 million buyouts in each of uh, 2027 and 2028. So, you know, maybe if, if, uh, if a trade happens before then that's, that goes in, in factors into all that, but, uh, again, very affordable, uh, considering the pr- production that he's been able to give you over these last several years, uh, looking ahead to 2024, what is, uh, an effective, what is a good 2024 season for Emmanuel class a numbers wise, health wise, uh, you know, productivity-wise, uh, if we're we're looking ahead to what to expect from uh, Class A in 2024. Well, I think you know, just uh, you know, I mean, I, I can he can he is he Brian Shaw? You know, the the closer <laughs> version of Brian Shaw. Can he give us another? Can he give Cleveland another 75 uh, to 77 appearances? I, I'm not sure, Joe. I, you know, I know Francona loved using me. He, you know, he he was the closer, and and and, and Tito went kept going to him. You know, I don't know if uh, you know uh, if Vote is going to have a little more, little different philosophy. He's a bullpen coach with Seattle. He'll know how to work a bullpen. So uh, you know, I think. Uh, that's going to be interesting, but what what a good season looks like! I'd say any anywhere between thirty five and 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 forty five saves, uh, you know, sixty to seventy appearances. You know, you you'd, you'd like to see him, uh, you know, strike out a few more batters. But when he's going good, Joe, he's he's getting early contact, he's getting guys out, and and he really's not throwing that many pitches. So you know, I don't think that's gonna. I don't know if that's going to be a big. I don't think that'll be a big change in his game. Yeah, and that's one thing that that Tito said uh, about him that as as he matured and as he uh, you know sort of learned himself that he knew uh, exactly what he needed in terms of warm up pitches, how much he needed to throw to get loose and get ready 
So he didn't overwork himself, uh, you know, warming up. And, uh, and then, you know, that helped you, him be a little more effective. That And, and like you said, some of those appearances, sometimes they were 10, 12 pitch outings. Sometimes they were 30 pitch outings. Uh, you'd like to see a lot fewer of those 30 pitch outings, uh, to get through an inning for sure. Uh, but the strikeout numbers, uh, you know, they, they did dip last year. I think a good, uh, a good season, a, a good, uh, you know, number of strikeouts, uh, you know, he had 77 strikeouts in 72 and two thirds innings in 2022, uh, that dipped to 64 strikeouts in 72 and two thirds innings in, in 2023, uh, so, you know, maybe, uh, uh, significantly more, or at least somewhat more, uh, strikeouts than innings pitched, uh, would be a, a good barometer to go by. If he's, if he's striking out, you know, at least, you know, three or four more than his innings pitch total is, then I think that's, uh, a, a good season, uh, something good to judge. I think good things will be happening for, uh, class A. Uh, in the future and, and, you know, and there will be a future with class A, uh, as, as we move forward. All right. That's going to wrap up our look at Emmanuel class A, uh, looking forward to the 2024 season. Uh, don't forget two time all-star, you know, he's still, uh, he's still a guy out there who can, uh, can, can get it done and, and be effective for Cleveland's bullpen. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing that, uh, Hoinsey will also look forward to, uh, the next time we get together and, and talk about another player on the 40, man. We'll, uh, we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe. 